welcoming back. I think <laughs> this is going to be officially the part two section since <laughs> there's been a lot of cuts. Yes. But um, I think the gist of it has been translated so mm-hmm. far. Um, so we were talking about judges. And I think just to bring that point to a close, yeah. um, it's important to acknowledge the judges that are still doing something mm-hmm. and that continue to contribute to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, it's all promotion, promoter's choice. But um, judging and, and dancing in general is an ever-changing concept. So it's important to bring in new opinions yes. while also maintaining those that have deserved to be there from the start. Yes. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Back to you specifically, because this, this, for some reason we went off on a judge's <laughs> tangent. It's okay. Um, how do you find inspiration to continue pursuing your dance stream? Uh, because okay. after such a long time of doing it, mm-hmm. how do you, I mean, even though you just mentioned um, you barely started breaking three years ago, and that might be your, like, refreshing new experience, something you've never done before. How do you continue to keep things exciting or keep things fun for you as dance has now become your career? It's pretty, that's, that pretty much hit the nail. So, um, you know, again, doing the, you know, urban dance scene or, you know, choreography scene for a while. Um, and, and even in then, I tried, I also did something to change things up so I can feel, you know, good and happy and still contributing uh, in, my, in whatever way possible. So, like, after the whole, you know, doing the dance team thing, then, uh, you know, the community kind of, um, you know, we're, when we're in the dance, when you're in the choreo scene, you kind of, like, are on a team, and this is in the early 2000s, and you couldn't do anything else, like, you couldn't, right. you couldn't dance on another team, you couldn't do anything, like, you had to be with your team, and then in the mid-2000s, like, 2006, 2007, there's this, the whole project thing started happening oh yeah where you can now dance on a project which is a low commitment one-time show or couple shows where it's not your team it's people you don't normally dance with and i believe a lot of that started because um i noticed projects started by people who weren't on dance teams anymore and didn't want to be on dance teams but still wanted to do shows you know and that's why you see exhibition is long is just as long as compared competition teams is because i think of that before you only have two or three exhibition teams like fusion uh fusion would have culture shock and um culture shock urban effects and then this crew called cleanup crew it's like a like a like a they they do drumming on a on a garbage can but it was really cool or funkonometry and then that's it Now the in in these competitions, half of the show is exhibition, the other half is is competition. competition. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of that started because of the whole idea of projects, hmm. and so I started doing that. So then that got fun because I'm not dancing with the same people anymore. I'm right, right. Different people learning different styles, and then when that I, I stopped doing that because I was aging out uh, in terms of like I was getting older, but the dance scene stayed the same age. Ooh, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. So I was still doing this I and I that. loved it, but I'm dancing with people who are like, I was 28 and then I was, my director was 22. So it's like that. Oh, And so okay. I could start, I see that my mindset and approaches to leading a team and being a dancer on a team were not aligned anymore. So I had to let go, let it go because I just wasn't happy anymore. Right. And then that's when I started creating shows producing shows and so that's when i started to do otd and i did dance for a wish and so for six years i was doing a lot of community work community building getting the dance community to come together 
to do give back to something greater so um that's when we always that's when we started doing dance for a wish i brought different court so it wasn't teams i would bring in choreographers huh. and they do their own projects and these this show is dedicated to the wish child and it would be themed so like for example this one the one with 2012 i believe that show was what is your wish or something or a letter to your future self message to your future self huh. you know i would do stuff like that and then this one right here with the just kicks um otd we did a a, a campaign where we collected um used or lightly pair lightly used shoes 2011 representing the year that this was done to give back to uh donate your donate your old shoes at which they give to africa i like that. so we did a lot of i did a lot of community building then that got you know i kind of stopped doing that um because um it's all self-funded meaning you pay out of your pocket and you know i just got i got in debt you know, so yeah, yeah, I hear. So I, I know, I know what you're doing, and yeah. I, I get it. I get the extra work you're putting in because I'm still in debt because of these shows. So um, and then um, after that, then I, you know, teaching, you know, learning, being a student, um, and in 2016, I was well, I was, but I've been a funky monkey at the zoo. Funky and, monkey. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Sasa and Eddie for you know being our um, our managers. I guess you can say for that. And then I, I just had this like B girl bug, and uh, I was with uh, the cast I was dancing with that day was Citrus and Nick Zavala, and I oh, was yeah. talking about it like hard that day. And they're like, just go to session, and I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm scared. I was in, yeah, yeah. I was intimidated. And so um, they asked me, they're like, let me see your six step. And I'm like, what? And so like, they were just kind of like giving me like bare bones confidence. Okay, this is where you're at. This is what you need to work on. But in order for you to get good, you need to go to practice. And yeah. You need to practice with different people. And so it was that day. And I have that video recorded of the day I decided to become a more serious or to become, to bring in breaking in my, in my training or in my journey. Um, and, and yeah, like, so how I keep myself relevant or how, how I evolve is based on what makes me happy. That's really what it is. And that's, I think, a really important place to start. And mm -hmm. just having that as your like, sense of guidance, mm -hmm. I think that'll always take you to the right spots. You yeah. Know? Um, mm -hmm. What are some of your sources for creative inspiration? Ooh, um, it's both. It's everything. I want to say being involved in the community, being in and going to different communities and seeing what makes them happy. Ooh, um, I like that. I, I love to see what is going on in our culture. And then even, so in terms of like creativity for myself, music, you know, take just continuing to train, right. being a student, mm -hmm. seeing what movement feels good. And then, um, and then sort of like, marrying that style i'm basically a product of my environment right right you know and so i my movement is because of who i train with at the time during that time so right now like like just recently i took logan's class at ladies Jam Ooh, workshop yes. and she did an urban breaking piece and i was like what the fuck this that is was hella really cool. good yeah and so that encouraged me to create my own uh, urban breaking piece and i think it was well received by the students That's and good. i'm like this is hella dope and so that was a fun thing that I want to explore more. So yeah, it's just like being a student, going to the different events, seeing what makes them happy, does it make me happy, and also seeing what's important to allow people or allow students to thrive along with myself and bringing those concepts to the school, such as you know the creative uh, teaching approach 
mock battles, mock audition, you know, yada yada. Wow, that's mm-hmm. that's really cool. Yeah. I like that. I like that you continue to like evolve it's your important. class and your processes. Yeah, I think it's important because I want to learn from someone who's relevant and putting in work constantly. Right. I don't want right. to learn from someone who's like, oh, well, in my day, or I used to do this. <laughs> it's like, okay, but this is where we are today. So now, what can you bring to the table? Right. I like, like that's that. how that's how I would want to take a cl- I would want to take a class from someone like that. So I need to model what I expect from others. So having all of this figured out and having an understanding of how you, how you exist as an artist, mm-hmm. um, I think it's always important to talk about the other side, the, the part that people don't really talk about, which is their doubts. And, and some people are more open to it than others, but I think as an artist, everybody goes through it. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, am I good enough or why do I keep doing this? Like mm-hmm. things aren't paying off, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what has been your relationship with doubt and has there ever been any notable moments that you would be open to talking about when ta- when thinking of that topic you are talking to the president of uh i'm working on myself every day every minute club mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know so when it comes to like self-doubt like i get i go through it a lot yeah and um and it's i i feel like i shouldn't i know i shouldn't but i do and um, and I, I, I don't want to think of the why am I doubting myself. I right. just know I am. But what can I do about it? Okay. You know, so I, I have to constantly surround myself with people who are supportive, who are good energy, who model confidence, but in a respectful way. That's very important. Um, yeah. And I just have to just kind of see how they what their perspective in life is, what their perspective in the culture and the dances, and when they see discrepancies or like fallacies in the culture or in themselves, how do they acknowledge it and then move forward or dust it off? Right. So it's 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 borrowing or adopting some of that, their their ideas and perspectives, and then applying it to myself if it works, you know. But I'm constantly, I'm telling you, especially with the whole, you know, when we mentioned the whole opinions and whatnot. Right, right. I mean, because I hear opinions. I've never heard this many hating in my towards me ever until recently and i'm not used to that i'm used to people like either not saying anything or not even caring at all to people who are like oh mel i love you and i'm not saying that in a cocky way it's just that's that's i hear that yeah that's what you're used to to yeah yeah but i've never heard this amount of hate towards me and so i'm figuring out how to just brush it off and not invest on the why are they saying it but let it go and it's hard it's hard to let it go because i care about people i care about how people i care about relationships with people and my instinct is to be like what's wrong what can we do to fix this and i have to accept that some people don't even want to go there that people just hate you because they choose to hate you I have people who don't like me and don't know me. And in my opinion, I feel people have this certain idea of me and they hate that idea of me, but they don't know me. So what can I do? There's nothing I can do. Right. And if they don't take that step to maybe get to that point where Mm -hmm. they do know you, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like fighting a lost battle. Yeah. And I have to let it go. That's the hard part is to let it go. Yeah. And and Mm -hmm. everyone, and this is a question that I love to touch on with everybody because Mm -hmm. everybody goes through doubt and they... Mm -hmm deal with it in a different way Mm -hmm. um but i I really love when people say that truthfully like they do care you know they do Mm -hmm. care about opinions they do care about what people are saying because 
there is those select few that are just very like uh, thick skinned and they're like, you know, I don't care. I'm doing me. Mm-hmm. And to those people, I have utmost respect because I wish I could be on that level. Yeah. Like, you know, doubt creeps in and a lot of time it's self-doubt. So a lot, for me personally, I never even have a reason to be doubting what I'm doing. And then I'm like, dang, yeah. <laughs> like, like, should I even be doing this? Yeah, like, yeah. who gave me the power? Who gave me the authority? Mm-hmm. Why do I think I can do this? Um, and and then I imagine other people that go through it and think like tenfold, like someone could be going through it ten times as worse, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm glad that you were having that um, inner, not narrative, but inner like commentary of like I have to learn to let it go. Yes, because this is why I am a I I really thrive on being an instructor to provide tools and an experience to give the students and help build confidence in students if i don't model that in myself why would my students want to learn from me to right. get be confident so if i'm always like oh my god yeah, but then yeah. try to be like who gives up you know who cares what, you know <laughs> no it's not aligned right, i am not right. i am a walking contradiction practice what so, you preach yeah, I, right? gotta, I gotta model what i expect from others yeah. or i gotta practice what i what i preach definitely so of course i have self-doubt you know and but i i am sharing with others the information i seek to work on myself as well so yeah that's 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 where i'm at with that and your experience mm-hmm. helps validate others because sometimes people don't know that other people are also going through doubt mm-hmm. and they just think like a, oh this like this is just me like a why me thing instead mm-hmm. of like why not me mm-hmm. that, that's going to be the title i found the title <laughs> right there why <laughs> not me go. yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm so glad you said all these things and mm-hmm. I think it comes from a place of like you're a professor and having students definitely changes your perspective a little bit yes. and helps you approach things in a professorly manner I guess um, like well, what can I learn that I can teach you know kind of thing and uh, I've heard this quote before it's uh, when one when one teaches to learn so I'm teaching them but I'm also learning too about myself right about where are we as a as a as a society as a culture uh and what can i do to still be to add value to them yeah so we're gonna we're gonna kind of transition to a more lighter note because i've always wanted to ask this to someone who didn't start out in the breaking community Mm -hmm. so i mean i've i'm sure you've watched a bunch of battles up to this point even though you've only been three years Mm -hmm. like that's that's the bread and butter right Mm -hmm. like b-boy battles Mm -hmm. um what are your opinions on b-boys and dancing because breaking is a dance but it is not as technical a dance as maybe urban choreography might Mm -hmm. be or housing or you know some i think the the joke the meme right is that like b-boys have no rhythm no groove yeah it's all like really stiff movement Mm -hmm. and like tricks power etc so as someone who started off as a technical dancer as someone who had to Mm -hmm. groove who had to understand those elementary basic concepts before moving onward Mm -hmm. like how do you compare and contrast and what is your take on that when watching like b-boys battle okay um i feel like uh i am i think having choreography um in my belt in my dance belt it gives me an advantage yes i agree yeah you know because i i I feel confident in the dance already now all i need to do is just keep putting in the work to develop my footwork and more content and develop my power Uh so i already know that i imagine that my dancing at this point is the reason why I am able to do well at yeah. these battles. Yeah. Like, that's what's helping me stand out. Uh-huh. But I know I need to work on more. But in terms of, like, b-boying or 
b-boys or b-girls and and learning different styles of dance whatever you do it's gonna help you that's true you know what i mean so it doesn't matter if it's modern ballet jazz um you know choreography uh you know or even just another street dance style you are going to as long as you understand the context of how you apply it in your round or in 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 these competitions that it's not just like a cut and paste oh i'm gonna do a pirouette oh then now i'm gonna go into this like you know like make sure how can you mesh it together um it's gonna help you uh you know define who you are it's gonna help you build arsenal it's gonna help you be more creative you're gonna be a stronger dancer and uh people who do take technical skills have more body awareness right you know so that's gonna help you um you know just understand your body better i feel i feel like when it comes to control balance you know core all of that like you'll understand your body more and when it comes to the dance portion of course it's gonna help you know so i encourage everybody you know to just take anything that's gonna help you add value but don't take it to um to advance in these rounds take it because you love it right you know like take these classes because you're gonna love it and you know it's gonna help you train and and have fun doing it like right now i have um daniel lamb my i was about to bring him up as an example yeah i have daniel lamb in at mesa and he he's doing well you know like and it shows in his rounds too oh he dances really well and um he wasn't always like this. And I think it happened after he started taking your class. Oh. And I think when you mentioned it, body awareness, I've noticed that a lot. And his confidence in not necessarily just like top rocking, but mm. everything that he does before his round content has shown to be like a lot better than it was before. And I hope this is sort of a um, kind of I'm going to do a little like a shameless plug. I hope this testimony can encourage other dancers or b-boys and b-girls to take my class or just any class that it's gonna help tenfold yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah and I, I for me personally like i've been on this like learning how to dance better journey mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i took jojo's class nice. um jojo and matt's the mm-hmm. freestyle class yeah and you would think that it's like oh like i can freestyle why don't you take a freestyle class but you go there and you're like wow I thought I knew how to freestyle, but there's so many things I don't even think about. Mm-hmm. Like the levels of freestyling, mm-hmm. the space that you use mm-hmm. while freestyling, like all that stuff is really important. Yeah. I and love I, that class. Yeah, I love that class mm-hmm. too. I, I need to go back, honestly. Yeah. I, I, I bring Georgia. them in to do bat- freestyle and battle tactics as well. So my students get to experience that. They're mm-hmm. really good teachers. Yeah, I love it. Love the sevens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really glad you also brought up the point of like having b-boys take it because they want to and they're happy about it Mm -hmm. and they want to grow as Mm -hmm. opposed to just like i have to learn this because i need to get better in these battles Mm -hmm. because i think sometimes it shows when it's it's forced as opposed to like genuinely having fun interpreting the music in a different way Mm -hmm. um and i think that's important for breaking because that's where it's trending now that's how you stand out more because now it seems like everybody can do triple halos and like Mm -hmm. How, how is that person that does triple halos different from this person that does triple halos? Yeah. Their top rock, their footwork, how they interpret the music. Mm-hmm. And that's where, I, where I'm at now as a dancer. I've matured a little bit and I'm like, okay, the moves are really cool. And that's what sets breaking aside. Like, you don't see a lot of these flashy moves and like choreography or, or whatever. But now also as a b-boy who's been around for about 10 years, mm-hmm. close to enough. Um, oh, 10-year Annie. Yeah, yeah. I'm coming <laughs> up on it. Uh, it's it really sticks out to me when b-boys can like really dance and yeah. enjoy their dancing mm-hmm. like that's that's what i look for now and yeah. when i'm judging 
sometimes I'm a little biased to those, even though they have like not as great content. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, he was really enjoying how he was dancing. Yeah. To me, he won this battle. Mm-hmm. Like regardless of all the content, how difficult it was, like he's enjoying himself, and that's mm-hmm. the true essence of b-boying. Mm-hmm. So. It comes with time. It comes with time. Yeah. And I'm really glad that D. Lamb specifically mm-hmm. is going through that process. Because I always saw him as, like, someone with a lot of potential. But just, mm-hmm. like, it's not tapped in yet. Yeah. Um, I love it. Finally, we're getting to a close here. Yes. It's been a good two-hour session. Yeah. <laughs> um, right before we cut this off, mm-hmm. I want to ask you for your advice to anybody out there mm-hmm. who might be thinking about taking the route of a full-time dancer mm-hmm. and pursuing that yeah. as a as a life path and is also a way to make income okay what what would you say uh i would one s- piece of advice try to limit of, it to okay. one yeah. I will, okay this is the biggest one then okay um be ready to work hard and be and and always know the importance of having relate good relationships that's how you will continuously get work you can be talented, you can be fierce, but if you do not have good work ethics, you will not get a job in the future, or your rep- and your reputation will be um, will be tainted because of your shitty work ethics. Ooh. So th- at the end of the day, we're all gonna be talented. Yeah. But you need to have good work ethics. So that's if you want to get work, and if you want full time work everyone's going to talk about you because not only are you talented but you are easy and good to work with and professional people want that at the end of the day yeah they want to work with professionals they don't want to worry about anybody they don't want to like they you're good but they don't want to worry about you if you're going to show up to the class they want to know that okay they're there that's it that's all it is you got to be professional and have good work ethics to to keep going yeah that is that is a plus advice right yeah. there. I agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, before we call it a close, yep. um, I wanted to ask you if you had any plugs for anything, any social media, any events that you might be having coming up, mm-hmm. anything that you might want to put out in the universe for people to support. Yes. Um, a follow. I just started doing my uh, business page or my branding oh, yes. page, Melissa yes. Adow uh, Mel, capital M-E-L. So um, I am going on this journey um you know this 10-year journey uh to try to make it into a pass or try to pass preliminary rounds in an international breaking battle high high caliber breaking battle so i'm trying to make that happen or i'm working hard um because my dream is to make it happen by the time i turn 50 so i'm 40 next month and so it's going to be a 10-year journey to see if that can happen so that's where I'm at. Follow follow my page there to see it unfold. Um, and then also I am teaching summer school. <laughs> Take my class. I'm teaching <laughs> at Mesa and I'm teaching at two weeks at Grossmont. Just follow my Instagram at Melissa Adow or my Facebook, Melissa Adow-Mel. And, um, and just stay updated with information. But if I can say thank you, El Prad. Thank you, Luis, <laughs> for um, having me. It's nice to see Janelle too. I love Janelle. And um, and uh, and it's good to be a part of this. And I really give you respect, and I wish you well as you continue to build our community. So um, shout out to Alprad for being an up and coming community builder and putting in work. Thank you so much. Thank you. And to everybody listening to the podcast, this was probably going to be the part two, <laughs> since this was uh, the longest one up to this point. But this Wait. one had a lot of good content. Thank you.
Um, be on the lookout for more episodes this summer. We have a list to get through, and I am confident that I will, at the very least, get through at least four more episodes mm-hmm. before the summer is up. Yay! Um, but until then, keep breaking new ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we have nothing else to say, then peace. Thank you so much.